The Cowboys are 17-point favorites over the New York Giants in Week 10, but we need to see more than a win, and tonight we'll dive into three additional things that we need to see on Sunday when the Cowboys take the field. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. As always, it is appreciated because it allows us to put the show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. It is Thursday night, and the Cowboys play a football game on Sunday. It is the final primetime show of the week, and that means we've got a prediction show on tonight. Now, it's a weird weekend, though, to talk about the game in a sense, because as much as you want to take opponents seriously and you should and players should and coaches should it's also hard and it, it would be a little bit misleading maybe if I sat down in front of the camera and the microphone and be like you know what the matchup to watch is this one and this will define whether or not the Cowboys win the game because honestly the Cowboys are much better significantly better than the Giants are this is the NFL any given Sunday that's why we watch, et cetera, et cetera. And we all will be a little bit nervous about the game not going the way that we expect it to go. But they are 17-point favorites for a reason and multiple reasons, I would say. Number one, it's not Daniel Jones starting at quarterback for the Giants, nor is it Tyra Taylor. It is Tommy DeVito, an undrafted rookie out of Illinois. Before that, out of Syracuse, who will be starting behind the worst offensive line in the NFL, or at the very least, arguably the worst O-line in the league. And you think, hey, maybe, you know what? Maybe they've got some playmakers that can complicate things. Not really. You know, they've got some exciting young players who might be on the rise, but these are young players just getting looks from the coaching staff and from the front office. Not really a game changer. Even Saquon Barkley, who could be considered the closest thing to a playmaker in that roster, is going to be running or catching the football behind that banked-up offensive line, which is not really good even when it is healthy. And it's looking like they will be down Evan Neal, their starting right tackle. They might be losing some of their key pieces on defense, like Adoree Jackson at cornerback. So pretty much putting it simply... It just shouldn't be a, cow a close game for the Cowboys. It should be a dominant game. So tonight, instead of talking about the matchups, and again, everything can happen in the NFL, I believe there's more value if we discuss other topics. So what we've got planned tonight is three things that we want to see on that game and that we want to see now beyond the win. And then we'll talk about including, you know, in, among those, those points, uh, some of the players that we want to see more of. And we'll close the show out with some bets. So before we get into any of that, though, uh, let me see what you guys have to say in the chat. Toxic says that spread is insane. I wrote about it on, on ADZ Sports and I put into 
between parentheses, is this college football or what? Because it feels like a college football spread. Uh, let's see. Iceberg Slim says, Mo, I told you yesterday, Mortavis Bryant signing was a very good one. He's turning heads already in his first day. I mean, yeah. Katharina says, uh, and I mean, yeah, in the way that, hey, you know what? Let's watch it on Sunday. And I'm not doubting Mortavis Bryant. I think it's a good signing because it's a low-risk one. But I'm not going to fall for the training camp sort of quotes in the middle of the season. Uh, but I'm excited about the Martavis Ryan just based on the fact that, hey, it's a, he's a player that's worked his tail off just to be here. And I'm excited about it for sure. Uh, Katharina, shout out to you for joining the show. We've got also Toxic saying losing Neil might be an improvement. Man. You know my rule. I've said it before here on Primetime, and every time that we think that it cannot be any worse, it usually can get worse. So I'm not sure about that one. Uh, Gregory says, we beat them 40 to nothing with their starting QB. It has to be worse this time around. And, you know, part of it, like if you are a better, and we'll talk about, you know, the spread when we get to betting the Cowboys. If you are a better, you also need to kind of account to what the plane what the plan is for the team if they do go up significantly. Because if you're betting like the minus 17 spread and the game is for some reason, say 35 to nothing in the third quarter, how early is the coaching staff going to pull Dak Prescott? How early is he, is there, or are they going to pull Michael Parsons and even the less important players? And, you know, it's a 53 man roster only 49 can be active or 48 and then plus the emergency QB. So it's not like you can bench everybody. It's not like college football where you can mass substitute the entire offense or defense, but it is important to know when the key players are going to be pulled out. Uh, I even, I have even wondered about, you know, the, the Tyron Smith thing, for example, He's on the injury report once again, and he has not practiced this week. And based on Mike McCarthy's press conference, it might be the plan moving forward. I don't know how true that is, because if you hear how that uh, exchange goes, it basically is, coach, are you going to think about having uh, Tyron Smith rest on Wednesdays and Thursdays? And McCarthy basically responds, we're not, uh, that's definitely an option. So it's not him saying, oh, yes, we're going to do that. But it was like out there, and he did not practice yesterday. He did not practice today. It might be a rest thing. But then you also got to wonder if the Cowboys believe there is something off with Tyron Smith still, and an extra week of rest would benefit him after playing in Philly. Would they consider benching him against the Giants? Are they that confident that they can beat the Giants? Uh, that could be a decision that the Cowboys make, and this is just me speculating here a little bit wildly, I think he ultimately plays because he also is playing on a deal which is heavy on incentives. So every snap really works for Tyron Smith. So if he can go, I'm assuming he will go, but I'm just going to toss that out there and say, let's see what the decision is, right? There, there might be something there where the Cowboys decide uh, – Something surprising when it comes to the offensive line. Now, all of that being said, let's not waste any more time and let's get to it here. Who is one player? Let me know in the chat. Who is one player that you want to see more of 
moving forward. Let me know what you think about that in the chat. And in the meantime, I'm going to read this comment here. Clayton says, what up, Mo? I just smashed that thumbs up button. Shout out to you, Clayton. Thank you for that. And everybody who is joining the show right now, as always, you are invited to hit the like button, as always. Who is one player that you want to see more of? Let's see what you guys have to say. And I love that this one already. Tony Pollard says Toxic Tom. Gregory goes with Turpin. Peter goes with maybe the opposite of, of Pollard. And he goes with Rick Dowdle. And Clayton also goes with Rick Dowdle. And I am somewhere in between right there. As you can see on the overlay here to the left of my face, Katharina says Kevante Turpin. Also a good option. You know, he scored a touchdown last Sunday, and it was a very smart route from him. We talked about it on the show. Uh, I'm somewhere in between, actually. So I'm going to mix my answers a little bit here. But I'm going to say one of the players that I wanted the Cowboys to ramp up, and I jumped the biggest issue from the Cowboys, but we can get to that in a little bit, is Rico Dowdle, for sure. Uh, he's on my list right now. Listen. Not any, it's not anything against Tony Pollard, honestly. This is not me saying that Pollard is the reason why the Cowboys are struggling running the football, and they are struggling. But Rico has played well enough for me to be intrigued, for me to be like, hey, let's get him the rock more often moving forward. Because it's not even close to being a 50-50 split, as you guys might have assumed, too. Because if, if we actually look at the stats right now for the Cowboys in the 2023 season, Pollard is the significant leader in rushing attempts. And I have the numbers for you right now. 120 attempts for Pollard. And he then Rico has 35. Just for context, Dak Prescott has 29. So he's had six fewer carries than Dak as the quarterback. So Rico is not getting a lot of touches, but he he runs angry, man. He runs fun. Uh, I think that he's a very physical player. And from what I've seen, even if it's not a discussion where I'm not going to call for a 50-50 split between Pollard and Dowdle, but give me more than whatever this is because 120 carries right now is a whole lot, right? There's been 229 carries total for the Cowboys, and that's including like, carries for Cooper Rush and then the jet sweeps and stuff with Cavante Turpin. But even if, even if we don't, you know, adjust for all of that, Tony Pollard has the has a 52%, has 52% of the rushing attempts for the Cowboys, which is a pretty high percentage right now for when you consider we are including Dak Prescott's runs and Cooper Rush's runs and Rico's, and Deuces, and Cavante's. So it's a high number for sure. That being said, I also want to see more of Sam Williams moving forward. Sam Williams actually has a higher pass rush win rate than Durant Armstrong this season. So I want to see more of that. He doesn't have as high of a pass rush win rate as Fowler, but Sam seems to be on the rise for me a little bit, and he's been balling out on special teams he, he's been making the most out of the opportunities that he's been given on defense. He had a good game against the Eagles. So I'm in a spot where I'm saying, you know what? Let's get the second-year player that we thought of as a breakout candidate 
more playing time. And this is one game where if it goes the Cowboys' way, where you're winning by you know multiple possessions early, assuming that that happens at all, and I do believe we had some reasons to believe that it will, the, the ones that we went over at the beginning of the show, then just knowing that the Cowboys have blown out every opponent that they faced at home. So give me Sam Williams. I want to see more of him. And again, I believe that if the Cowboys go up early, we might see a Sam Williams type game where he ends up with a significant amount of playing time and then he can tee off on the weekend Giants offensive line against the weekend quarterback position with Tommy DeVito. Now, finally, Jalen Tolbert. And, you know, we've been talking about this one for a while now. We believe that Michael Gallup uh, should have his playing time reduced in favor of getting more looks at Jalen. And Talbert has had some good moments, has had some bad moments, but he definitely does look improved. Had a very smart touchdown play with Dak Prescott. There was a deep target thrown his way that he caught two in that same drive. So give us more Jalen Tolbert. I think that it is time to see the wide receiver three push from him start. And I think we have already seen it start. But maybe the Giants game can make it a little bit more official moving forward. I mean, I'm excited about that too. Those are the three players that I want to see more of in week 10. And I see some interesting comments in the chat right now. Troy says, Sim Richards at right tackle. That might be one where we're getting too carried away, I'm going to say. I don't think that Sim Richards is a better option than Trent Steele at right tackle. I know we're frustrated at Steele, rightfully so. 12 pressures in a single game is a no-no, right? Even if it's against Hassan Reddick and the Eagles, there's just no excuse for 12 pressures allowed and four sacks. But I don't think that a Sim Richards is a better option for you at tackle than, than Steele. I'm not going to go that far at all. Sam Williams is Troy. You mean with Micah at linebacker. Troy is always pushing, man, for, for Micah to play linebacker. I love the effort. You know where I stand, but I love the effort. Uh, Bobby says, Sam was effective early in the Eagles game. I don't remember seeing him that much in the second half. Clayton says, and I don't have those splits, honestly, between the first half and second half, but that could be something to look for. I, I've watched most of my tape this week. I have made it offense. Uh, maybe I take a look at the defensive side of things tomorrow, but I've focused on offense so much this week that maybe I, I'm lost there. Uh, Clayton says, why does anyone think Bryant is going to have an impact? We already have good receivers, but cannot get them the ball because of the inability to pass block. Maybe worthy, worthy of a discussion. We dove deeper into this one yesterday. Shout out to Tommy915. And then Toxic, I promise you we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Where Toxic says, I, I, I just don't want Dallas to play with their football. I think we're all in the same page there. Now that's the fear going into Sunday. But speaking of, I had an article for ADC Sports where I graded every unit for the Cowboys. You know, the offense defense and the special teams and it was a challenge it was a challenge for several reasons first or first and foremost let me say in mexico <laughs> we don't do letter grades so we do from zero to 100 this is just me joking around so i had to google a grading scale before i went ahead and did the grading article so that was part of the challenge too 
But all kidding aside, though, it was difficult to grade the Cowboys offense. I'm just going to ask you right now in the chat, what would you grade the Cowboys offense? And let me give you some perspective into the numbers here very quickly. DVOA, which is a stat that measures efficiency and it adjusts to opponents, they're ninth in the NFL. So a top 10 offense in DVOA at number nine. Then EPA per play-wise, they are the sixth best in the NFL. So they're a good unit. So your starting point is a good grade. It cannot be a failing grade. It cannot be anything of the sort. It has to be a solid grade. But then do you go to the A minus? Do you go to the A plus for the Cowboys offense that you know has had some issues that you know it's maybe limited Dak Prescott up to a point that we've seen Dak Prescott, that we saw Dak Prescott struggle versus the San Francisco 49ers. We had to see CeeDee Lamb call for the football. And then it seems like over the last three games, they have improved. But is it going to continue to improve or are we going to go back to what we were seeing when they were super conservative? It's been like a, you know, two-part two story where from week one to, to six, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys averaged 6.6 air yards per attempt. And that was the fourth lowest mark in the, in the league. Since then, since week six, they have the fourth highest air yards per attempt. Because now Dak Prescott is throwing it at over nine point something air yards per attempt. And that's a recent stat that came out that I was surprised at. I was like, oh, they, they're pushing the ball downfield more often. They are feeding CD Lamb. And we've felt it. We've talked about it on the show. They're using trips. They're using bunch formations. They're using all sorts of stuff. So it's got to be a good grade. Some of your comments, I see them now. Gregory says B plus. Katharina goes with B plus. I went with B minus. I went with B minus. I see Tommy915 saying B. I went with B minus, and I'm going to show you exactly why. And this is the biggest issue on the Cowboys offense so far. And it's got to be changed. And I hope that we see some of that in the Giants game in Week 10. The Cowboys basically suck at running the football in early downs. Now, I want to be aggressive. I want the Cowboys to throw the football and let Dak Prescott cook in early downs. But you also need to run the football properly. It's just like the way that you're going to win in the NFL is doing everything right, basically, especially when it's time for the big games. But early down rushing offense, the Cowboys so far are actually in the last three weeks or the last three games. So since week six, they are 25th in EPA per play rushing, uh, running the football and they're 28th in success rate. Some people have complained that, you know, the Cowboys are not doing a good job of utilizing Tony Pollard. Some people want to see different type of runs per sports info solutions. The Cowboys run the fourth highest rate of gap plays in the in the run game and they're 28th in zone plays which is somewhat of a surprise considering the Mike Solari slash Brian Schottenheimer discourse in the preseason and those are always questionable numbers to follow even for sports info solutions 
But the Cowboys cannot run the ball well in early downs, and that's got to be fixed. Some people blame the running backs. Some people blame the offensive line. And then even I have blamed the offensive line. And then uh, Brandon Thorne, who to me is one of the best offensive line gurus on social media, is ranking the Cowboys' O-line as the fourth best in the NFL. So suddenly it's like, what's going on, right? You look at the Ben Baldwin comp uh, composite rankings for pass protection and for run blocking, and the Cowboys are seventh in run blocking per those uh, offensive line rankings. And those are some a their rankings that uh, combine ESPN's data, PFF data, and Sports Info Solutions data, which includes like stuff rate and, and you know that sort of stuff. So the Cowboys might have a good offensive line after all, and we might be underestimating it. And maybe when we watch the film, we see a lot of plays that they're getting beaten up front, and it's like, what is Tony Pollard supposed to do? But also, is Tony Pollard maybe leaving some opportunities on the table when we evaluate those plays a little bit more closely? It's a it's a difficult difficult conversation. I'm gonna go ahead and use the safe card here and say it might be a little bit of everything. It might be scheme. It might be Tony Pollard maybe not being exactly the same back as he was last year, which would also be very understandable. And maybe it's a little bit on the offensive line as well. Maybe they have not clicked on all cylinders in the same game yet. And they have tried and they have uh, yet to figure that out. Again, I just look at the numbers and I look at the tape and I see a little bit of everything. I don't know that it's on the one thing to fix the offense, uh, the rushing offense. That's got to be fixed, though. If the Cowboys believe they're not playing to the running back strengths, then find whatever the running the running back strength is and stick to it. And maybe that starts with spreading the football around a little bit more. They asked Mike McCarthy about it recently, and he said, oh, I'm fine with where we are at. And um, that might be true, but we'll see. Some of the comments right now here in the chat says, Pollard is gaining only two, three yards. The average is four yards per attempt. Rico is at 3.8. Gregory's offensive line cannot run block. Fix it. But again, I, I have felt that many times before. And then I look at the composite rankings and they're seventh in run blocking. And I see Brandon Thorne saying they're actually good blocking. And I'm like a little bit confused. I'm, I'm going to admit I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. Let's see here. The, leaving a lot of meat in the game on the bone, says Cam. Troy says the offensive line played very well versus the Eagles. And I agree with that. I know about the Terrence Steele situation, but Tyler Smith was lights out versus Jalen Carter. Tyron Smith dominated. Viadish and Martin played well for the most part. They had some rough moments, but for the most part, they played very well. And that's a good defensive front from Philly. So I'm going to agree with Troy there for sure. Let's see here. Gerard says, the point is teams don't game plan against your second string running back and that's why Pollard looked different when Sick was there. Now Pollard is the guy. I don't I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one just because teams definitely game planned for Pollard. Teams definitely did. I I know he wasn't the lead back in a sense, but 
I think a lot of teams definitely did prepare for him. He had 193 carries in 2022, and he was the explosive back. He was the explosive back. So I do think they it's not exactly that. But I, I don't exactly know what it is. Again, like I, I think it's a little bit of everything. I'm gonna say they teams prepare for everything, man. They really do. Shout out to Tommy915 calling for those likes. I appreciate you. Clayton says, Cowboys might have a good offensive line after all. Mo, are you living in the Saro world? Yeah, like, hey, I'm just giving you the facts, right? I'm just giving you the facts. PFF, ESPN, Sports Info Solutions, and then a lot of the tape, too, shows you the Cowboys blocking well in the run game. It's kind of like a weird thing where we're like, we've seen the clips of the offensive line failing, right? When blocking in for the run, but then there are also examples of them doing the job well. And we saw some of those even on Sunday, not that much because the Cowboys did decide after the first drive to let Dak Prescott cook, which I was fine with. I was I wanted that even before the game. I'm just saying there's conflicting conclusions per several outlets and analysts on where this offensive line stands. And I understand where the confusion comes from because we've seen some good stuff and we've seen some bad stuff. So we'll see what the tale is moving forward and whether or not the Cowboys find a solution to the whole thing. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here. Let's talk about, you know, one of the the number three thing that we want to see. So we talked about the biggest issue facing the offense, which is early down rushing. We talked about the three players that we want to see play more often. That was Jalen Tolbert, Sam Williams, and Rika Dowdle. Now there's something that I want to see on Sunday that it just must happen. There's no other way that this game can be considered a significant dub. The Cowboys must outclass the Giants. Let me know in the chat, would you be happy or not with a close game? Would you be happy with a close game? Cowboys are 17-point favorites again. Would you be happy or not? Let me know in the chat. I believe the Cowboys absolutely need to outclass the Giants. There's few things when I evaluate a football game. There's few things that I put more weight on than the quarterback position and the trenches. And man, oh man, the Giants are in a bad, bad spot. I look at the Cowboys and I look at the trenches warfare that we're going to see on Sunday. And it's a game where I'm like, it should be domination. It really should be domination. I will say, no, I wouldn't be happy if it is close. Toxic says depends on why it's close. I mean, bearing anything extreme, like knock on wood, four starters being injured in the first half, right? Bearing anything like that, just the Cowboys and the Giants squaring off against each other and then it being close. But something specifically that I want to see, and somebody mentioned, uh, it was Toxic who mentioned the playing with their food. Something that I would be interested in seeing, and I don't, really want to see it in the sense that I don't want them to start behind in the scoreboard. 
But say that the Giants get the football first, and for some reason or another, maybe that Brian Dable calls the perfect play and they go up on the scoreboard first. You want to see them really show up and respond quickly. I, I went back and looked at the opening scores of every Cowboys game so far. And when they've lost, they've always been hit first, basically. They lost to the Cardinals, and they didn't have that early lead. It was 3 to nothing, Cardinals, and then it moved to 9 uh, to nothing. So it was a two-possession game early on that one. And then versus San Francisco, it was a 49ers up on the scoreboard, 0 to nothing. That went up to 14 to nothing very quickly. The Cowboys lost that one. Then the Eagles, not exactly the same, but they did go down 7 nothing at the beginning of the game. The Eagles showed up very quickly, and then it was 7-7, to and it was a shootout until the start of the second half. Versus the Chargers, they did go down, but they ended up winning that ball game, which is why I didn't really mention it. But for if for any reason the Giants go up on the scoreboard, and they could, like it's football, first 15 is a whole different ball game. Maybe they have something perfect drawn up for this one. If the Giants go up on the Cowboys, how quickly do they respond? And do we see the usual dominance that we've seen from them so far? Because that's what I would want to see if I am being honest. Again, I believe the Cowboys should outclass the Giants. Let me just say, in their first three home games, which have been against the Jets, the Patriots, and the Rams, the Cowboys have been in each of those by 20 plus points. And that is the only team in the NFL to do that in the last three years. So that's just like an impressive feat in and, and of itself, honestly. Uh, I believe that's what we should see on Sunday. I understand concerns that we might not see that because this is the NFL and teams show up and players show up and everything. But hey, you never know. You never know. And that's why we'll watch it. That's why we'll watch it. Let's see what you guys have to say. Blowout for Peter Rizzo. Uh, Toxic says, under those circumstances, then no, I would not be happy. And I'm with you. I wouldn't. I, yeah, I even get like nervous just thinking about things going south. But I'm going to say, we usually claim that a win is a win. Not on Sunday, man. The Cowboys need to have more than a win. It needs to be dominant. Actually, hey, hit, hit the nail in the head right here. Tommy says, a win is a win. I would be happy. Would it help my confidence in them? Absolutely not. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. I wouldn't be exactly happy, though, just with an ugly win versus the Giants. Nah, man. Gotta, gotta dominate them, in my opinion. Especially because of what Tommy mentions, right? About us wanting the team that we think the Cowboys are and start seeing more of it. I've been very happy with the way the Cowboys have put away bad teams this year. Want to see it continue. That's all I want. Anyways, all that being said, this game is a nightmare to bet. We are 13 and 4 in 2022, and then we went 6 and 2 in the first eight games of the season. Cowboys are 17 point favorites, and the over under is at 39 right now. I believe it's still at 39. What? Do you think of the following bet? I am taking the Cowboys, man. I am laying the points. 
Cowboys minus 17 is my Cowboys bet of the week. It's not been fun picking it because I don't feel comfortable picking an NFL team to do the two and a half possession thing. But I hate the over-under at 39 because I don't know if I can bank on the Giants to put points on the board. So I'm just going to go with Cowboys, minus 17. I'm going to believe in the blowout. I'm going to believe that the odds makers set this spread extremely high because they didn't know what else to do with it. And if I'm going to lay the points like this, it's got to be against a terrible offensive line and a terrible quarterback, and we've got both. I don't love the bet, and I understand why Toxic right now is saying, you know what, I'm not touching this one. I understand it but I have a betting the Cowboys segment to fill. And the bet is Cowboys minus 17, minus 110 odds. For those of you who are new to the show, that is the rule. One bet per week. We've gone against the Cowboys before. Uh, It's got to be a minus 110 bet because I think that's the fairest way to bet. And we got to hit a 52.4% to be profitable. And we're doing pretty good, man. We're 6-2 and so far in the season. We killed in 2022. We are killing so far in 2023. Uh, I've had some luck, not going to lie. I'm not even going to say that I'm a guru or anything like that because I'm not. Uh, you got to be lucky to be hitting over 70% over the course of one and a half seasons. So we are, we have been lucky. So let's go with Cowboys minus 17 and just have fun with it. And then on Sunday, on Sunday night, I'll see you guys here. And we'll talk about whether or not it worked out. And boy, do I hope it does work out. I'm going to say if it doesn't work out, the ratings are going to be through the roof. And the article views are going to be through the roof as well. Because for some reason, fans you know, are more likely to consume content when the Cowboys lose. That's a fun fact. Keep it between you and me. But hey, we're going to have some fun anyways. And let's talk about the Cowboys on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. That will be it for me tonight. Hope that you enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for joining the stream. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to listen to Primetime. I appreciate you. Hit the like button for me and give me the Cowboys winning this ball game 40 to 10. That's right. I'm going with the 30 point win. I'm, I'm sprinkling the points. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good weekend. And I'll see you on Sunday, 8 p.m. Central. Bye bye.